I want to start this out like this. Everybody just say stat this. Statistics. Church dropouts. I didn't say high school dropouts. I said church dropouts. Over the past decade has increased from 59% to 64%. Some teens are leaving the faith, and when I say teens, it includes teens who grew up in godly households. Matter of fact, some of them leave the pack. It includes that. It's the, the story was highlighting that teens leaving the faith between ages 16 and 17, when they're old enough to speak for themselves, when they're no longer living on mommy and daddy's faith (laughs) or because there hasn't been an opportunity for them to experience God for themselves, to embrace God for themselves, they are beginning to leave the church. I was reading a story that highlighted that in 2020, 47% of U.S. adults belong to a church or a synagogue. They belong to a form of ministry. But that has been down more than 20% from the turn of the century. I want you to get this. They stated that change, this change is primarily due to the rise in Americans with no religious preference. That there's no preference. They're not selecting a preference. Not just Christianity. They're not accepting any religious preference. You got to get that. Yes. So whether, whether their family worship in a mosque, in a church, a synagogue, whatever it is, they're talking about across the board. No religious preference. In other words, no belief system. Now, yet those, don't say Al right here, but I want to paint this. Yet those who embrace God as their Savior who received God as the head of their life, has been confused to think that Sunday is enough. Somehow we've gotten to the point as family, this is not a beat-up message. I want to have a conversation. This is a, a teaching message. But somehow it came to the point that families have reached the destination to think that Sunday is enough. I want to transition. See, Anything that has a calling, somebody say family. Anything that has a calling probably has an attack attached to it. The minute we begin talking about family, the enemy begins to disrupt. People start getting sick. Things start happening. The minute minute that you choose to do good. The minute you open your mouth to say, as for me and my house, the devil's ears perk up. See, because as long as you're partying and drinking and doing all the other negative things, then he's not bothering you. He's not after you. But the minute you begin talking about excelling the family, his ears perk up. Anybody experience that? I'm not going to preach it to you. I, I really want to talk, have a conversation with you. See, there are numerous satanic attacks on the family. Remember that Satan tried to mar the family by influencing 
humans, godly nature, to be sinful. In the garden, and in the, even in the very beginning. See, the world during its creation began with the family. And this life and world as we know it will only be sustained by the family. See, family is not a human idea, but, God, but family is a God idea and still continues to be the foundation of society. But I want you to understand something, that the most important institution in the world, the oldest institution in the world, is the family. Be, before, before there was government, cities, nations, there were families. <laughs> Come on. In the book of Acts, I, I want to show you this, because what we're trying to achieve is in this whole book, but before I go there, let me say this. When family fails, so does society. I'm going to say it again. When family fails, so does society. That's why for me, in my health, if it's not good for the family, it doesn't get our vote. Because modern day life pressures are being placed on the family. Understand that, that we focus on what the new cell phone is. People still laugh at me because I have the iPhone 6. See, I'm not embarrassed to say it out loud. <laughs> they say, you have a 6? I'm still on the iPhone 6. It's going to have to die, and they're going to have to run over it. <laughs> I'm not getting another phone. <laughs> it might be a flip, but not the new Samsung, the flip, <laughs> the original. We focus on the new cell phone, we focus on the app, or what's happening on Wall Street, or social media, or what's happening on TV, but are we paying attention to what's happening to the family? In this very moment, we are in a digital Babylon. We are in a digital Babylon. High school has became Babylon. Now it's moving to junior high. If you ever work on a grants team that's doing things for, for children, you will find out that the ages has keep moving down. First it's 13 to 18, then it's 12 to 18, uh, uh, 11 to 18, uh, 10 to 18. All, all of those things are beginning to start earlier. Why is that? Why is that? I can tell you that there's so much rubbish in between God and the family. And it's hindering its purpose and its power. See, the family not only has purpose, but it has power. <laughs> but it's a certain way it has to be done, and that's God's way, because all the things that get in the way of allowing the family to fulfill God's intended purpose and walk in its authority as, somebody say, family. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We don't deal with this anymore right now, but back in the day, in the Bible days even, we had, they had gender wars. Uh, they had diverse groups of people against one another. Not now, but back in the day. <laughs> they had governmental and political disorder back in the day. I want to tell you that society is a direct reflection of what is happening in the family. It's a direct reflection. When you think about something that happens in community, they always ask the five whys. Girls getting pregnant at a young age, why? 
Because if you focus on the problem of that and you miss the why, you can't get down to the actual real source that's causing it. Single-parent households, divorces, those types of things that go on in life. That's what makes it hard. Society is a reflection of what is happening in the family. I don't know about you, but as we were discussing this in family life, there was a consistent statement in the room of enough (laughs) is enough. So today I want to get a little crazy, a little noisy and loud about family. I want to talk about hashtag a hope for family. See, you didn't have to wait on marketing. We already gave it to you. Hashtag a hope for family. See, in Isaiah, and I want you to grab this. In Isaiah chapter 13, I'm going to read this scripture. It's a prophecy against Babylon that Isaiah is having. He, it reads and it says, raise a signal flag on a bare hilltop. Call up an army against Babylon. Wave your hand to encourage them as they march into the palaces of the high and mighty. They're not talking about Jesus right there. They're talking about Babylon. Those who are playing God. Get that. It says, I, the Lord, have dedicated these soldiers for this task. Yes, I have called mighty warriors to express my anger, and they will rejoice when I am exalted. It says, hear the noise on the mountains. That's what should move you. Listen as the vast armies march. It is the noise and shouting of many nations. The Lord of heaven's armies has called this army together. together. Now understand this was a prophecy of Isaiah, but it's also looked at as a proclamation. Now, proclamation is like a public or an official announcement, especially when dealing with something that is of great importance. Is family important? It's what we're doing today. This scripture is stating what we're doing today. We're planting that flag. But understand, to raise a flag is to create an indicator, which was used to designate something or call attention to a cause or to a rallying point. You can't miss that. When you raise a a flag, when we raise a flag for family, we're calling attention to a cause. We're calling attention. We're designating something. We're calling it out. We're planting a flag and we're saying that's the hill we're taking. There's no confusion. This is what we're doing. We're standing for, somebody say family. Family. Understand that today as we raise that flag on a bare hilltop for family while calling attention, what are we calling attention to? We're calling attention to its restoration. Because the restoration of the family, when you read these soldiers for this task, this, this is God. Now, if, if family was God's idea, who are the soldiers that... You got to get it. Because I know on Sunday we can't give all the teaching. So you got to take this as an introduction. You have to receive it. Remember I said Sunday is not enough. These soldiers... Ha- have been given this task, will provide, and and guess what the family will do? It will provide a cure to humanity and its social illnesses. It It will provide that to the family's social illness. What we are believing is this. In Acts 2 and 17, it says, in the last days, God, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. And it said that your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. I'm gonna go from the bottom up. When it said old men will dream dreams, 
I love that part. This is why it's so important for parents and, and the generations. See, the generations, when you just fall to the background and you say, hey, I'm not young anymore. I don't, I don't jump up like that. See, there is some wisdom that is as great as our jumping around and going crazy. And when you partner it together, that's where purpose meets power. Come on, I don't, I don't want you to miss that. And if we're believing this, like in Acts 2 and 17, if we're walking with this vision in our head, that means that every decision that we're making, everything that we think about in family, we're going to have that in mind. Are what we're doing going to allow uh, this to happen? Is this going to allow the Spirit of God to come upon our sons and daughters, or is it going to be self-induced blockage? Because if we're going to see this for family, we must do more than just minister about it. We have to do more than just talk about it, tweet about it, Facebook about it, Instagram about it, or gossip about it. We must show up and be about it. And to be about it means to come together and take action. So you might say, well, 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 Pastor Ray, what do we do? Because all that can be good, but if we do not know what to do. You ever read a book and say, man, that was a great book. I was like, what was it about? I don't even know. <laughs> it was a good one, though. I, I underlined a few quotes in there I'm going to use in my life and my conversations, you know. But you can read it and not learn anything about it. So one major step that we must take is to obtain a clear understanding of the design of the family and that it begins with matrimony. I had some points this morning and God messed it up, so I'm giving you one point. (laughs) That's it. The design of the family. Let me get to this. See, all throughout Scripture, we see the family as a multi-generational plan for our world, and and you have to understand that God instituted families for a specific purpose. See, God initiated the first family unit, and our families are to be a deep, loving reflection and symbol of Jesus Christ. Because God ordained human authority, and he clearly established it. See, he, he entrusts husbands. I'm not going to get into the Latin, but that means the person who, hold, who, who holds the bond, you know. It's, it's a bonding. So when you say husband, that means you holding it together. Like Pastor Joe said, the warrior stands in the middle. <laughs> You're the warrior in the middle that's pulling it together, that's holding that bond together with the leadership of the, because he's the leadership, the leader of the family unit. A husband is to love his wife as he loves himself. There's no way you can hate your wife and not hate yourself. You can't talk bad about your wife and don't realize you're talking bad about yourself. But that doesn't happen in here. I just wanted you to know. (laughs) See, as a wife submits to the leadership of a husband coming alongside as his helpmate, not his housemate, his helpmate. Parents are responsible to train their children. Who? The teachers? Oh, the football coach. I'm sorry, the track coach. Uh, Parents... Parents are responsible to train their children. And children are to honor and obey their parents. I want to help you with this, teens. 
I said this to my son. I said, you know what? If you don't listen to me now, you're going to have to listen to someone your whole life. <laughs> All those hopes and dreams and everything that you want to achieve, I tell him three things. He just turned 11 on the 29th, but I tell him three things, and I've added a fourth. Listen, follow directions, take responsibility. Now it's take initiative. Because it teaches obedience, because if you listen, and if you listen, follow direction, and take responsibility, but you have no initiative. He's 10 years old. I don't even email his teachers. He does. Because I can sit beside him and say, well, look at the sentence. How are you formulating it? He does his, matter of fact, I have to argue with him now to show me what he's doing. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth here. Listen to this. In Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7, it says, listen, O Israel. The Lord is our God, and the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. You see, the structure does not express superiority or inferior. Just as each member of the Trinity is essential to express the fullness of God, each member of the family expresses the fullness of the success of the family. See, we, we may have read the scriptures to re- relating to this thousands and times over again, but have we grasped how the, su- how the success of the family flows out of matrimony? See, matrimony, understands this, the, the first miracle performed by Jesus was at a wedding. I don't know, that means something to me. I don't know about you. See, the family is constituted by marriage, and it happens when the female and the male come together because it is symbolic of the Godhead, the Trinity, the triune God. This is a partnership in the mission of God. It's a partnership in the mission of God, multiplying ourselves and ruling all all he has placed us in charge of. Quickly, but matrimony. I looked this up. It said a fancy way of saying marriage. I was like, man, rip that page out of my dictionary. Ridiculous. A fancy way of saying marriage. Okay. Uh, But matrimony reflects the image of God and it mirrors the relationship between God and his church. Now, this is not a marriage seminar, but I'm talking about matrimony as the foundation. See, if you're single and you're not married, well, you are. You're married to God. Your intimacy has to start with him. Remember the scripture, love God with all our heart. Uh, that's That's where you should be. Because the purpose of matrimony is not just companionship and to have children and to be, have intimacy with one person for life, but the family, before the family, it is to carry out the image of God that shares his face and his love to the world. See, the image of God is connected to the mission of God. I'm not going to read this, but they can put it on the screen. I would tell you, go read the entire chapter of Genesis 1. Now, don't go straight to the scripture, chapter 1, verse 27 through 28, because you're going to miss it. You got to see what it's leading up to because it's giving an explanation of why the family, (laughs) while he's talking through the creation. Because to extend a kingdom only happens through family. God created families as the vehicle to advance gospel, the gospel, and fulfill the Great Commission. Great Commission teens is... Go and make disciples, right? We talk about that. 
We must yield to the original blueprint. See, what we're doing, we're trying to figure out something that has already been created and ordained by God. If family is the oldest institution, then why are we as believers allowing anybody else outside of God <laughs> to make decisions to how the family should operate if it's already in his word? Anybody with me? Yield to the original blueprint. We are seeking order for our families while operating disorderly. See, sometimes marriage can be pushed all the way down into the basement of your life. You know why? Because we're busy doing secondary duties. So what happens when I say secondary duties, understand God called man and woman together. They're supposed, we're supposed to be honoring each other, but that gets pushed to the basement because we are focusing on some good things and some loving people. We're focusing on kids, our income, our, our, our career, right, and work. We're focusing on those things, but the marriage is getting pushed to the basement. So you can have kids and care for them. You can have your career. You can work hard to make ends meet, make a living, a sustainable income, but you cannot forget about matrimony. See, we unconsciously place things first because, we are, because we're like, we're already married, but then we don't realize the marriage already ended. <laughs> Y'all just partners in the same house. We don't even realize that we've lost the matrimony and just became working partners. And it may be working today for the day-to-day hustle, but it's not going to take you to the I do covenant statement that you made till death do us part. It's not going to take you to that particular point. See, kids, what happens when matrimony is broken what happens, they start to pay attention as they do. They'll tell you, they pay attention to everything. Everything. Why is that? Because as parents, you can't teach character by speaking. You can only act it out. How you live stream your life to each other and your kids, I said again, how you live stream your life to Each other and your kids is louder than what you say. Matrimony is vital to the mission. As these kids grow up and begin to move out, what are they leaving with and what are you left with? We say, Pastor A, well, what's the first tactical step? I want to show you something real quick. This this is highly interesting. The family structure. The first step of anything, most of the time, is you have to identify your current reality. Where am I now? Admit to it. First step, family structure. Now, I'm not saying, you see the question mark, right? (laughs) I'm asking a question, is your family structure husband, wife, children, children, wife, husband, wife, husband, children, uh, children, husband, wife? (laughs) Go to the next one. No, the other one, marriage. Another family structure is this. Is it marriage, children, God? Is it children, God, marriage? Is it marriage, God, children? Pastor Joe can probably do a lot of these. (laughs) All right. 
Is it children, marriage, God? Stay right there. You're like, man, we marriage, we focusing on us, we good. <laughs> Are you missing something? If you look at that, think about the structure. If you want to wonder what is happening with society, this is where we have to start. Because when the character that has been acted out that kids cling on to, understand that means you may not be a carpenter, but you just manufactured and constructed a window for them to look through and see life in a certain way that it may not should be. Or maybe it's not. I always say that children, parents are the windows that kids look through to see destiny, to see their future. But number one, it's how they see God. See, how they see you, hey, I've been in youth a long time. Campus pastor, I'm not the youth pastor right now. I'm walking with the youth team. But all my, all my times have been in family life ministry. One of the things is, is that that window that those kids are looking through, I've asked different type questions over and over again through all the years. And it's always a reflection. Kids either see Jesus like Santa Claus or they see him like their parents. If they have parents that are highly disciplinary and this and this, that's how they see God. Oh, uh, I can't do that. Or if they're loose, they see God that way. Oh, God will forgive me. (laughs) That's the window that they're looking through. That's the window they're looking through. Have you thought about it? Have you thought about what the structure is? Does this heighten your thought process? Now, if you're single, you say, uh, well, I'm not married. That's easy for you. God, family. (laughs) It's easier. But if you thought about it, this is what it should look like. It should look like God, marriage, children. (laughs) That's where the intimacy starts. That's where it all starts. I want to leave you, I told you it's more of a teaching and conversation today, but I want you to grab this. Maybe you've been married for 30 years, 50 years, 60 years. I want to say this to you. Don't forget how to date. Because maybe you reached a point, it's a routine. You're walking, you wake up in the morning, you scratch your butt, you... You take a walk, she sees it, you're finishing the restroom, she walks past you to the restroom, and that's what you're doing. But if family is this important, I couldn't be married that number of years and not want to impart it somewhere else. (laughs) Don't forget how to date. I want to leave you with something powerful that's to change your household forever. Whatever your current reality is in this structure, go ahead, Aaron. Whatever your current reality is in this structure, I said that it structures the window of life your kid or teen is looking through. You may be praying together. This is going to be a challenge. I'm a little nervous about saying this. This is going to challenge some parents. You may have some kids because people have told me this. They said, hey, our kids are old enough to sit in there and listen to Pastor Joe. I'm not being sarcastic. They're, they're, oh, they are. 
But where kids are having the most challenge, what I see, even a lot of kids in this room, I can tell you, I pay attention to, I talk about it. They struggle in the social aspect of how to share their faith. They struggle in the social aspect when their faith is challenged. They struggle in that aspect of when mommy and daddy is not around. I see it. And they scatter like roaches. I see it. When we start talking about get comfortable being uncomfortable, we don't see them anymore. They don't show up. Come on, worship team. So I'm telling you this right now, as important as it is, you may be praying together, but are they experiencing the matrimony with God? Are they experiencing God for themselves? Are they surrounded by the intimacy that's needed? Stand on your feet. So this conversation this morning, as I close, I want to tell you that we're raising a flag on a bare hilltop today. And we're calling up an army against Babylon. (laughs) And we want to encourage each other because we're going to take the hill. We're going to go forward with family, but we can't do it without you. If your kids have never met the children's pastor, meet them. We're trying to partner. If you never met the team ministry, meet them. Let's go partner. That's why we're going to do an open house in November so you can do that. We have to come together so that we can change everything about society that's wrong. Somebody make some crazy noise in this place. That's my time. I apologize for I, I, I missed it. I'm talking. We like to close and be purposeful and, and respectful of your time. So we're going to invite the prayer team to the altar. If you want to stay and pray, we're going to dismiss you. But if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, we want, to, we want to have you to come down. We want to pray with you. We want to get your information. We don't want to leave the same way that we came today. We want to be bold in this and walk in it. So, Lord, we believe right now by faith for those who have heard this word, that they will go and begin walking and believing by faith that you will be with them as they begin to think of the order of the family, the design of the family, the matrimony that is the foundation that is needed to go forward in it. God, we pray for blessings over it right now. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you for the experience and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen.